So, Rajat's perspective was sort of, sort of adds to it. And also a lot of what Charles uh, spoke in the morning. Also, what you actually made a very critical point. We will come to that. So, actually, we're going to talk about the science and the science of Shastra. Science is going to be some controversial claim you want to make. So before that, there's an alternate title to this. So inspired by Raji, it's probably you might like. So I call it a breaking indology. <laughs> so how do we do this? So why invading with the sacred? Right? So what does it mean to invade with the sacred? Yeah, it's with the sacred. So how do we do this? So. So it's casting India's net, okay, over academic sastrophobia. Okay. <laughs> sort of covers most of his books by being different. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so this took me a couple of hours to come first. So. Sort of to summarize all that we discussed in the morning, 
have a sort of uh, we have the Swadeshi Indology version, which is according to Mishosa science, which is this. And then we have the Western version, Pollock's version, what it is, and all of that, which is something like this. Okay. <laughs> so he's got a couple of more books. We got postmodernism, Marxism, all those books also behind him. So, right. so he's not that this guy. He was using first volume of his creationist method. This is the two variant of Indology. So next thing is yeah. So so this this Pollock's thesis, and then I'm going to give a one one word rejoinder. Okay. That's about it. Right. So the first thing is to be tenuous, all of that, so this is also tenuous. Third is Vedas are Shastra par excellence and already, but what does knowledge mean? Right? He does not know what knowledge means. So his knowledge is knowledge is science. is what I'm going to say. Next thing is, he says opposed to progress. So what does progress mean? That is also he does not know. So that is his science of what progress means in a Shastraic sense. He is correct, but what is his version of progress is different from our version of progress. Next thing is, okay, he make a claim which okay, which could be proved, not be proved. Okay, so I don't. So this this has to be rebutted only by data. No, no theory can be done here. So in contrast, Western religion based on freedom. I do not know what it means. So I just put a question mark. But it also does not know what freedom means in a Vedic sense. Very obviously, Western religion not based on freedom in an, in an Indian sense. Right. So that's also a science, his ability. Right. Seventh is totally questionable. So again, has to be with 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 all, all that we are doing now. Right. So this is a sort of summarizes my one sort of quick response to his thesis. So now next thing is the paper is structured this way. So how I analyze it from algorithm perspective is first I discuss the epistemology in the Indian system, basically tattvas, pramanas, and mimamsa. Is it possible at all to see Western Indology in Indian categories? First of all, does it even fit? Okay. Then I do Puro Paksha of the Western methods themselves. Before I do the, of the paper, I do Puro Paksha of the Western methods. So key to methods are method in science and method in social sciences. Right? So Western humanities and and in in that I actually say that Shastra is actually more than science. Okay, so it's coming to your point, right? So that so this sort of will help us put in a let me say a, a, a big sort of argument as yet I have not seen from our show. Right? So then we discuss critical theory, Marxism, all that, and then Pollock in philology. I probably spent a couple of slides just on his style of philology, and then Uttarakhand's papers, and then into the Uttarakhand. And then Uttar Paksha, I do not do any Uttar Paksha here, just say what all Uttar Paksha we can do. There are probably 10 ways of Uttar Paksha we can do. So, what it is, I'm just going to give a suggestion. Okay. So, first thing is, this is the positive of my paper, what I am saying. First thing I say is, critical theory, philology, Marxism, post are all not scientific. Nobody is going to say it's scientific. Just in humanities, social sciences, ideology are also not scientific. Then I say Pollux methods, obviously, not scientific. Then I say Pollux is driven by two motivations, either arrogance or ignorance. Okay. So I, uh, since I, I, I sort of take the you know, humble view and say it's 
Ignorance, which is in a sense. <laughs> then I say science. This is a critical claim. Western science has a limited scope. Okay, it is falsifiable. It cannot prove anything is true. Okay, it is third person empirical. It's driven by hypothesis. It's incommensurable, meaning their own two theories do not align. Science is not true in the entirety. Science is true only in a certain perspective of that scientist. That's all. Shastras are not like that. Next is, key thing is sacred samskara. It's very, very important to interpret anything to do with Indic knowledge systems. So unless you have sacred samskara or mental disposition, you just will not get the right meaning. So what final thing is, Shastra is much, much greater than science. Right? So that's the argument of the entire Puro Okay, So now we discuss the paper, the Swadeshi paper. First thing is to discuss the issues with tatwas. So, according to Mathira Vahe, epistemology is a key discipline in Indian debate, not metaphysics. It's not the algorithm, it's but the principles of reality. For that, like what, uh, what's his Earlier presenter, so he talked about Sankhya and all of that. Sankhya actually can be used in a broad way to be used as a perspective on which to base all our epistemologies on. Again, the key to that is the existence of something called the Purusha. Okay? The paramount consciousness or you call it sacred or whatever. So that perspective is key, which is common across all the different perspectives of Indian knowledge systems. I'm going to quote Rajiv here. So given the prevalence of the sacred dimension almost all schools of thought and the sacred being a recommended mental disposition and reading the, them, sacred philology is key. A philology rooted in the conviction that Sanskrit cannot be divorced a matrix in the various other sacred texts or from orientation towards the transcendent prayer. This is key. Without this very Sanskrit text, it's pointless. Next thing is Pramanas. Okay, so no, we discussed a few the standard methods. The key here is even for Pramanas, how are you going to use them? Again, you need a proper samskara to understand the pramanas. You can make any inference you want. Just because you inference does not mean you are, you are using the right forms of inference. Right? Again, even for pramana, what is important is samskara again. Just because somebody is using a method does not mean it is right. You can use the same method to conclude whatever you want. Just because you are using logical some theorem does not mean it is going to be true. So that's why I am saying. Unless the rootedness and awareness of sacred and interpreting text, that is the Indian Shabda, the debate text and commentaries of Vidya Shastra, the interpret exercise inferences drawn can be considered from a question of ignorance. So I am saying the sacred question is then considered scientific. Unless you have a scientific perspective or a, or a sacred perspective, what you are doing is out of ignorance. So, so sacred is actually scientific. So third thing is, Interpretation, the Mimamsa story. Okay, so we, we have great introduction of Mimamsa in the morning. So second thing is, this is key. The range of Mimamsa is so immense, there is no such equal Western system knowledge. Right? So unless, based on the ground of Adhikaranas, any interpretation of Sanskrit text is incomplete. However, even if Pashi is incorrect at best, then it was irrelevant. Unless Shah Paulak tells me what is Adhikarana is using to interpret that text, 
it is irrelevant to me. You can take whatever meaning you want. Like for, from a Mimamsa perspective, words do not have meaning. The Pansu dictionary is very English or other very Western. Words have meaning only in a sentence. They do not have meaning outside of a sentence. Therefore, Mimamsa, there is, there is no meaning to a word. There is meaning only to a sentence. Okay, next thing is, can we, given all this, can we try to put the Sindhology in Indian category? Okay, first thing is, they do not conform to Indian epistemology at all. The principles of reality, source of knowledge, techniques of interpreting do not have any commonality. So, all of the Sindhology scholarship is materialist and anthropocentric. It's about me and what's out there. Right? So, Tattvas and Pramanas do not have parallels. There is no Atma, there is no Purusha. What are you talking here? First rule is out. First Tadikarana is out. Inevitably, the techniques of Mimamsa and the limited logics of the Western framework are difficult to view it. Much of the repository of Western scholarship is serious right? Including Pollock, including all those we discussed in the morning. Okay. Given the let's, despite the let's do Purupaksha. First thing is we do Purupaksha Western methods. Not social science, but the scientific method itself. What do they say? The classical methods for empiricism. So they need to have a hypothesis, do experiments, <coughs> reproduce it, and then the whole theory is subjective. Key is falsifiability. Science cannot prove anything is true. It can only prove it to be not false. It's all it's waiting to be proven false. All of science. Give me one piece of data and experiment, it's gone. Shastra does not say that. Another key thing is commensurable wherein all rival theories in science are incommensurable, not to understand one theory comes another. I can't understand classical physics with quantum physics, for example. Each one negates the other. But then they say it is all science. How is it science? Something is wrong, it has to be wrong. She gave an example of 2 plus 2 equal to 4. Even 2 plus 2 equal to 4 is a, a Judeo-Christian notion. And you should read C.K. Raju on Ganita. What 2 plus 2 is what 2? 2 chairs and 2 tables is what? There should be something with that 2. It is not 2 anything plus 2 anything is 4 something. No. 2 plus 2 will never be 4 in Sanskrit. You have to say two of what? Right? So that itself is an assumption. Fundamentally wrong. In math. Next thing is okay, social sciences. Okay, it's all obvious stuff. Humanities. What is humanities? It's about study rather than practice, critical theory. So try to emancipate Western sense. Society is some study. It is the best. Gets common critique the methods get the best. Marxism method, all of that. Postmodernism. He is postmodernism is very important for Pollock because he derives his power of philology from this. He says I can read whatever I want in the language. So power discourse attempts to see in historical text is influenced by these perspectives. So his key power comes from postmodernism, at least the power of his philology. Next thing is I want to spread it across multiple because this is very new part of perspective. In Indian system, there is no dichotomy of social, natural sciences, social science, all of that. It's all one science, Shastra, that's it. So much of Shastras have origin experiment verification first, no theorization. First thing you do experiment on yourself, which is the Rishis, for example. So they have all of the Western methods of science is already there inside Shastra. They are not arbitrary theorizing hypothesis. Scientific empirism, by contrast, is third person and only sees it as an observer, not as a subject. 
A lot of the science, inner science, adhyatmic science, even the external science, a lot of it is based on the, like you said, problem of tattvas. See, tattvas pramana is so different that when we approach the problem is so different. So, Indian Shastra is actually closer to science and deeper sense than actually Western science because we do not have third party hypothesis and theory building. You don't put arbitrary theories and then have a sequence of them and then put the fifth version is correct. Whatever you have is the final version given by Rishi. Next thing, though the practice of Shastra is aligned with the overall theory perspective, it is possible to abstract the inferences and models as in Yoga, Ayurveda, which can be considered aligned with natural sciences, even if not to the full extent, but at least potentially materially tractable levels. Even if you are not saying that, don't believe in anything, Yoga Ayurveda is still effective. Just because you say there is no Atma doesn't mean you don't have Atma. It is not effective. Because it is a natural science. The thing with, when you try to do such a thing as social sciences, which deal with inner states of the individual and collectively of the society, by definition social sciences about society, which is like individual inner state, society social inner state, it is not possible because it depends on first person comparison. Unless you have a sacred samskara, you cannot use Indian Shastra to do social studies. You cannot fake a sacred samskara. You cannot assume the meditative state. You cannot say chakra x, chakra y. It is not a theory. You have to be it. Right? Okay. So now we come to Pollock and Philology. I call it method to his mischief. Okay? So all this stuff, italics is his text. His stuff in bold. So what he says is, discipline of making sense of text, it has nothing to do with the meaning of truth. It's pretty it's upfront about it. Right? Nothing to do with meaning of truth. It's not a theory of language, that's linguistics, not a theory of meaning or truth, that's philosophy. Theory of textual and the history of textualized meaning. What does that mean? So this the third comment is mine. So it's absolutely freestyle. There are so many degrees of freedom, you can put whatever you want. Right? So then he says there are three domains of history, or other meaning in history, the pertinent to theology. Textual meaning, contextual meaning, and philologist meaning. Right? What what that is I tell you? Thus there's no inherent contradiction between historical truth and application. So it's time you got clear on two things. Historical does not stand for in some contradiction the truth. So you can say whatever you want using this, this method. How, how, how do you do that? Okay, first thing is like textual meaning is what he can say that the original writer intended. Okay? His contextual meaning. He's going to add other people in the text and say he was Dalit, he was that, he was X, he was Z, and create some other context saying. He is a victim, he is a king, he is a, a second freedom. Third is what does he want to say? He will say Ayodhya is happening because of Ramayana. He will say because of uh, what? What is the Nazi Okay, He can do whatever he wants, he can pick from here and take it back. That is his meaning. That is his meaning. He can do whatever he wants. So, of Panjamani Das. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, this is, so now to his actual paper on Shastra. So, he does not prove his theory first of all. He negates anything sacred. Okay? He cannot prove theory is not dependent on practice. None of these three things he can prove. So only thing that he does is, like was mentioned, he uses Kant. Kantian concept of a rule. Finally comes to this statement after three pages of Shastra, finally comes to this. Something. This is finally this is the only argument which is viable because Kant said that. No, let, let Kant say. I'm fine with it. That is only only basis. The next key thing is, is called the Shastra is myth. So, there is enough of stuff by Rajiv to show what a myth this is. Right? So, all of this, all the Shastra is myth, according to him. 
right? So generally, it's been used forever in their whole history of Western narrative. Nothing new in the history of the West. They consumed the issue. Rather, such a discussion is most is a primary samskara of Western intellect. Is that he just wants to call everything that he does not understand, does not fit into his system as much. The fundamental samskara is that. And he makes a claim on Western superiority. This fine. Third key thing is this. This is very the whole the political angle to his entire story. So he says all of that. The theory of discourse of Shastra is the essence of practical discourse of power. This is actually the key takeaway of the entire Pura Paksha for me from a personal perspective. So which I sort of uh, highlight in a couple of slides later. So this is key. This is key story. So an intermediate rejoinder is all of this. He denies all Indian cosmological precepts. He, there is no basis of samskara for him. He says there is no such thing. So, uh, assumption is interfered out of ignorance. He denies sacred cosmology, being humans as fallen as sinners, or nihilism of Western religion. It's not the Indian way. That is fundamental. Humanity is divine. So, you saying all of that is really there is no basis for argument. So, my principal takeaway okay, this is quoting Aurobindo again. Right? What actually Shastra is. See, all shall be from the prayer condition dharma. It's a means, it's not an end. The supreme end is right. So this is what Aurobindo says on Shastra. So for me, like I said, the principal takeaway has been this post Purapaksha, the entire Pollock story, and this is see the rest of the tendency to frame every encounter with the other as some sort of clash of civilization. So the discourse forever remains a discourse of power. They want it to be a power story all the time. They want nothing else to do in life. A deeper reality needs to be acknowledged. It's a clash between the science of the West, the science of the Shastra. It's a clash of jnana and sanskara, nothing else. Unless they acknowledge this, they want to read it politically as much as possible. It has to be a power discourse. Everything has to be a power discourse. So unless they acknowledge that, it's pointless having more. That needs to be a fundamental focus. Okay. So, okay. so, what is the implication? So, his freestyle method to his nature is this. Aska very motivated the writer. It's what the calls it. This is another his second paper on his theology called Three Dimensions of Theology. Aska very motor, motive to the text is called historicism. Then he says, free if any other agent in the text, the traditionism he calls it. According to just whatever tradition it is. Third thing, whatever he wants to add, fill all this meaning, context meaning, analysis, ayodhya, whatever, presentism equals Whatever I want, I want to add, my mother. Overall, consciousness has been the presence of political sensibilities and the manufacture of political literalization. This is what Rajiv again points out in his book. This freestyle context building, this is building context using that technique. Anything you want, you can build. Incoherent, incomplete change of reasoning, mark your sarthic samskara, the hallmark of his style. This is the implication of his methods. It's seen in all his 50 papers. I showed in the first. All the 50 papers have that. So, summary of his methods is they are not based on methods of science. It's not scientific. His hypothesis and claims are not based on Western methods, but social and also. He has got his own freestyle philology. They do not have empirical factual grounding. Did he ask other practicing Shastra guys that is the operation? Did he do a survey of a million people? The land of a billion people. Just saying 100 pieces of data is not going to say anything. My background is data sciences. So I know what it really means. What is the power of statistics without having data? 
it goes back to the initial cartoon, right? I have my conclusions, where are the facts? Right? So, the key is his methods are much more dangerous than his conclusions, according to me. <laughs> Next thing is Uttara Paksha. So many ways you can do. First thing is the logical flaws just in his reasoning. Then he goes, critical theory is in a wrong way. His philology is wrong. His data centric analysis you can do. You can just analyze, ask all the, just do a, let's say, mobile phone survey of all the people. You can get enough data on why the Shastra is or not. Okay, then there are techniques for discourse representation theory that is used in AI. We sort of can represent an argument by having the person samskara, this is what he assumes, so he says it is this. So you have that logic. So you can represent his arguments using DRT theories. You can easily put this is what he says. That's what he will say. That is what he has in his head. So his argument is correct because that's what he has, that's his assumptions. We are not saying you are wrong, we are saying these assumptions. Then using R1 frameworks, we can have so many ways of doing it. Just on Pramana, he is wrong. Just on Shabda, he is wrong. Just Khyati Vada, he is wrong. Thus, Tattva is wrong, Mimamsa is wrong. If I take each darshana separately, each darshana will say is wrong. Each one is so many methods. I don't even need to mix all of them. Just on Pramana, I can say is wrong. Just on Shabda, I can say is wrong. Okay, so, key is this. Claims in original paper, methods used have impacted India's collective psyche as follows Dharma, by its influence on multiple generation academic intellectuals. So, physically training and presenting Kalan Samskara many Indian academics, intellectuals, in fact not only global, but all domestic discourse in India. So important. It has had secondary and tertiary effects of popular culture and dissemination of its interpretations to leftist control of official linear narrative to act in textbook history writing. This is sort of the tertiary remark. So now afterward. Okay? So this sort of, I said, what, what should we do? Cleaning up, how do, how, do you, how do you do this? Cleaning up our act. So, Indian self narratives in English, social sciences, critical scholarship, Sanskrit regional languages, we still are not able to check out the Indian Western models. So, what is traditional is also being redefined now. What is traditional? There are already 10 different views of traditional. How can I have 10 different views of traditional? Traditional is traditional. What is it? So, there needs to be some baseline. Everything can be freely interpreted. Exit narrative needs to be challenged many more ways and a sustained response modern to define new hybrid techniques based on Indian approaches. Right? So, so, what are the call to action? So, we can build a, a Pollock anti reader. <laughs> Not a reader. Basically, we say methods. So, use a method in printing anything. So, for example, I can call Islam as deep sidism, for example. You know the connection. Right? So, terrorism is because of deep sidism. Right? Same theories of deep orientalism can just apply to different contexts. Islam being its, its pre-origin, its, its has own uh, or tamasic origins. You have the Kaaba, all those facts and say Islam is actually affected by Shiva. So today's terrorism because of <coughs> Chaivism. So I can say deep Chaivism is created. Right? That's the call to action. So this sort of I will come to that slide later. So what am I going to do? My future work. This, my research plans are actually this. Some background is computer science and algorithms and programming. This is what I intend to do. Right? This first thing is use analyze all ideology text using digital tools. There is already a, a paper out called computational history this year. Exactly use these techniques. Analyzed 
text and then created a political discord using computational history. This is for the Middle Ages, 18th century history. Just Google computational MIT Tech Review, you'll get a new, new whole new science of computational history using algorithm techniques, but with a political flavor. The algorithms are political. Right? Then logics and DRT enable representation and the perspective and consideration can be used to build computational tools to semi-automatic Purokaksha. If you have this tool, you throw me 20 power you're going to give me a bunch of Purokaksha automatically. You don't need to waste the time in Purokaksha and guys like Purok. We need to do it. There's enough stuff we can do to do it. So tooling using ideas from Vimamsa Dakar may very and interpretation tools for the Sanskrit text. And then the whole creating data for our side. So we don't have anything to create data for our side. How are you going to do this? That is sort of the, this is one of the references. This is sort of my futuristic view of what we should do. If we don't do this, we are going to get satanization. If we don't do sanatanization, we are going to end up with satanization. We don't know what happens. Yeah. So this is what, of, what I think should happen. Why should we even study Shastra and all that in humanity? It's a science. So we, do, we need a science of Shastra is fine, but you need a Shastra of science. Who is doing it? That's Indology. Then does it go into Sojaji Grand Narrator? It's what Rajiv has been fighting for the last 20 years. What is the Grand Narrator? Do we have Sojaji Grand Narrator? It's just consumerism. So what's our alternative to Maslow? Can we write by Purushartha today, 2016? What's Purushartha for me today? So do we have an equivalent to the American dream? What's the equivalent? Smithy update. Which ones are going to update? In what order? So once we do that, only then we can think of going global as a dish. Right? Sanskrit is English. English is fine, another language. Another vernacular for us. How do you put Sanskrit into English? Right? So yoga is step zero, which is fine. But what else? History of math, science has to be corrected. History of history has to be corrected. And so that's sort of the final personal note. Sort of the link.